Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Every week we listen to great video game music of all generations and all consoles. We just listen to everything that is good. And then some. And then uh, then some. Um, this is a Patreon uh, supported episode. I love this. We are both exhausted. <laughs> very tired. And I thought I was <laughs> like, I had, um, I had, I've been doing a lot of physical work at the job. Uh, I got these standing desks uh-huh. and like they sit on top of normal desks. So you can kind of like, and you put your monitors on them and they, they rise up and down. Oh, okay. But they're heavy. And I ordered like five of them. And so I'm installing them in people's offices. Ah, and yeah, that'll drain you. And then. it's a lot of work, yeah. And in my case, I'm just not sleeping enough, but working harder than I should. Uh, I'm God, I'm tired. I like. I woke up yesterday, and I got on the scale, and the scale said that I weighed more than I wanted to. Yeah. I'm not sure how accurate it is. Scales are jerks, but it was enough for me to go. Something's got to give. Something's got to give. So I got off from work, went home. Went right to gym one, worked out for about an hour, then left there, went right to gym two, worked out for an hour and a half. Yeah, that's why you're tired, man. Got it's, home. You're burning it. Plate La Mulana too, because I'm back at that oh, one again. So you're burning physically, and you're burning mentally. That's right. Yeah. And then I went to bed, <laughs> probably didn't get enough sleep, because that's what happens when, you, when you're chilling in the cut, as they say in the streets. And... uh <sighs> Then I woke up, and I've been, like, fuzzy fizzy ever since. It's been a weird day, man. Oh, a weird wow. day. But La Mulan is still fantastic. Hopefully, um... Have you tried... Um, so, you're, you you get this protein bar. It's a refrigerator peanut butter bar. That sounds good. Have you tried the uh, prescription bars? No. R- the RX bars? So, they're made uh, They're made with nothing but... Actual aspirin? Mainly eggs. Ew. It's a very weird texture, but it's it's really good for you because it's mainly eggs. Feels like it'll keep you on the potty. It could, and it will. Oh, well, <laughs> no, I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't like them so much. But like, they're really good for you. So, if you're looking for something like that, Prescription Bars, the official sponsor of Rhythm and Pixels, Prescription Bars, you'll be on the potty. <laughs> anyway, this. Um, so every month we do a live streamed recorded episode for our Patreon members. So if you go to Patreon.com/slash Rhythm and Pixels. And any small donation there, you get access to these live streams once a month. You hang out in the chat room. You say hi. We say hi back. We, we make dumb number, jokes. We got a number of cool people in there today, actually, already, too. Yeah. Well, Davey Cakes. Steve Davey Miller. Cakes. Steve Miller. Yeah. Got Solus Sanctuary. Solus Sanctuary. Mike Sanctuary. Myers. Mike Myers. We got that Nick Walker. That. He, that. Oh, that Nick Walker. And this Nick Walker, too. He's uh, hanging around. A little bit of this. A little bit of that. Mm-mm. No. No. You could get with this. Um, Okay, so um, also we have um, all of our, most of our, all of, I think all of our tracks today are uh, submissions from our Patreon members Mm -hmm. with little testimonials. We like to read the testimonials from each uh, submission as well if they are sent to us also. And this is a themed episode because we've been still running on themed user submissions. That's right. And it's been, I honestly kind of like those. I do want for a little bit. Oh, come on. I wasn't that bad. Um, I do want for more potential like input from like the Patreon members. That, like They're interested. They want to keep going with the theming or not. Because it's a little bit of a mixed bag between the submissions here and there. But overall, I genuinely like 
getting the submissions based around themes. There's something to be said about, especially when we have a theme that we've already done, like this episode is going to do. Right. So it was two episodes ago. We did influential classics. And I had an episode theme in mind for this. Mm -hmm. But while discussing with listener um, Bedroth, I came to real. He got confused and thought that our actual episode theme was the episode theme for the Patreon members. And he got really excited about it. I was like, well, well, now with that enthusiasm, I can't not pick that. So now we're doing that. <laughs> so, so that's why the episode theme is Influential Classics Part 2. Part 2. Patreon edition. But mostly, because we also had some other submissions, which we I would like to play anyway. Of so, course. Yeah. So that's, that is always good. And um, I would also want to give a big plug, a big shout out to the Mad Gear Band. Um, they just had their Kickstarter started for Turbo City Guy Den, which is their animated series, which they're starting. has a, The pilot episode is out now on YouTube, if you look that up, uh, The Mad Gear Turbo City. And it's, uh, it's 12 or 15 minutes of just hilarity. It's really funny. The voice work is pretty good. They have an excellent item jingle sound yes. that I've been addicted to. Um, it's just, it's really clever. It's really silly. It's a whole lot of fun. Um, and with every episode, they're going to have a video game attached to it, a small little mini game that I am uh, producing and developing. So um, I'm plugging that as well. I'm not getting any money for that. I'm just saying, go give money to Cam so he can give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> he, wants to, he wants to upgrade to scrolling. Uh, yeah, I want to do some bigger stages. I want to do some bigger stuff. So definitely uh, go check that out. It's uh, Kickstarter something dot com slash something that the Mad Gear. Just search the Mad Gear Kickstarter on Google. You'll find it. Even just a dollar, it, it's a huge, huge help. So go check him out. Go support the Mad Gear, the Mad Gear Turbo City Guy Den, the Mad Gear Turbo City Guy Den. Rental Rumble is the game because they fight in a rental shop. Okay, I get this feeling that if we don't <laughs> shift gears, you'll just keep saying the mad gear for I'm the entire gold. segment. Yeah, I promised him I would. In fact, next week, next week, our special guest is Cameron Childs from the Mad Gear. <laughs> <laughs> he better be now because you just said it. And I, I double-checked with him. We're all good. Excellent. <laughs> the next Thursday. All right, so let's get into some music. This is an, uh, an even-numbered episode, which means that I'm going to start us off with a pick of mine and we are going to go with one that doesn't have your name on it uh oh I know uh, 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 uh. I'll put this on the docket by the way because apparently we forgot but it needs to be an episode topic I actually remembered where it came up on the show proper too but I forgot that we were talking about considering it as a topic lobster racing that will be hard as the Dickens to do. <laughs> I'm even trying to think about where that would come from. Lobster racing. Lobster racing. That, Cal says, obscure. That, I, abstract. That was the fake Atari game that I made up last month, right? And everyone yeah, had like, it, the different like, icons on the screen. They were like, don't, like, like user icons related to lobster-based racing. I love it. Yeah, exactly. So now we got to come up with episode okay. songs for it. That's, we can do it. Uh, songs for lobster racing? So I, I'm thinking like songs for gambling. Like gambling on lobsters. No, <laughs> no one's done that. I don't think there's even a game like that where you bet on crustaceans. You should. Well, we'll have to find that out. I don't know. All right, I'm a little lost. We're gonna start with the track from Das Dude. This is the Claw. This is Claude's theme song from Grand Theft Auto Three. So that's a that's I think a name. Claude is the name of the character from that game. I, man, I don't know anything about Grand Theft Auto. Anything past two. Oh, okay. and even two, I didn't play a whole lot of so 
I just piled up cars in the corner and blew them up. You know, that's that it is. It's like it's like Minecraft for blowing things up. It's like, ooh, what else can I just blow up? <laughs> what, else, what else can I just run over? But the original, the original one was well, it was the same thing. It was just it was just top down and not 3D. Anyway, this is the theme song from Grand Theft Auto 3, and this was suggested by Das Dude. It takes me back to my 20-year-old PS2 console. <laughs> oh, my God. That's more akin to where I yeah, sit right now, too. Up. What you're listening to is Claude's theme, or the theme song from Grand Theft Auto 3, released in 2001, Pernell. Yep. On the PlayStation 2. This is um, oh, I some composers. composed by Craig Connor and Stuart Ross, and this was submitted by The Dude, Das Dude. The um, Dude. I just wanted to start this off because it's so chill. Look this at is... And it's a very fantastic track, but honestly, the entire OST for this game was a complete gem. It was it was uh, Grand Theft Auto Four when they started having like the radio stations and stuff. Oh no no no! That was on three, this one too. Three no, at first they all had radio stations, like even the original. Oh, even ones, the original ones too. Right, it was of course. just that with this game, they started leading more towards licensed tracks. They didn't have a ton in this, mm-hmm. but they had a few. I like was, they had yeah. that uh, Debbie, whatever her last name is, who did this music from Scarface. She has some tracks in this game. Um, but for the most part, it was still a lot of in-house music from them and the radio stations and all. But then when Vice City came out, they took all that money from Grand Theft Auto 3 that they made and went buck wild and just got licensed track on top of licensed track to have this fantastic 80s vibe going across it. And actually, I want to say, post, like, you know, anime exposure insanity, mm-hmm. <laughs> the GTA 3, no, sorry, the GTA Vice City OST was the first one I purchased since that period and it was a massive it was like a big box with multiple discs in it oh wow that were all based on the individual radio station so you could just say today i will listen to wkryy you just put that cd in your cd player and boom you got the entire radio station in your car so i was thinking about um the gta that i remembered um i had i had a combination disc that was 
uh, GTA One and Two, or and I had the, uh, the um, it was like an not an expansion, but it was like a like a kind of like an expansion to GTA Two. Oh, the British one. Yeah, British one, because it was called London 1969. And I want to say there was a lot of like classic sounding Brit rock that played in the background as he played that one. That's the thing. I feel like I have to double check later because that was the one of the only ones I didn't play. Because at that point I was like, oh, they're they're milking the formula now. They're milking it. But um, I just felt like, like I feel like it just they were mostly using like music they came up with in their studio. Yeah, I think it was all studio studio based stuff, which I, I mean is fine because I mean the game itself I felt like was. Oh, yeah. See, Bedroth knows push it to the limit. And for the record, for the was, record. Was that, was that in? Push it to the limit? Was in that three. in three? And for the record, I didn't know that song was from a movie. I didn't know it was a real song. I only knew it from the game. Oh, my God. So at that, that point, I was just like, I'll be in the car. I was like, to the limit. Like, I'm driving, having a good time with it. Push it to the limit. You steal a car, and that track comes on. All of a sudden, the cops are chasing, and that song is going. It's a fantastic rush. Oh, that's good. Which also, Rush is also in the game. Oh, is it? Rush, Rush, Gimme, Yeah, Yeah. Oh, I uh, thought you meant like, so you know, good. the, the some old rock band. Oh, prog, no. Prog rock no, band. there's no Rush the band, but <laughs> Gimme, Yeah, Yeah is in the game. Okay. And it's a great track. Oh, man. Well, this is, I feel like the mood, the vibe that this song is giving is like kind of where we're at right now. <laughs> and I got to say, yeah. there was something magical about when I started really coming into a lot of these games that had licensed OSTs, but that, specifically that, that wasn't a rhythm game. Yeah, that wasn't a rhythm game. I said no. Take that back. It can include rhythm games too, but specifically licensed games or licensed OSTs that weren't exactly tier A tracks. I'll say mm. because what ends up happening is they'll get these licensed tracks that are affordable to purchase. So you'll get like these like indie and like tier C bands that will pop on there, and you'll end up really coming to love them. And they become your tier A bands. Like Burnout Three did that to me, big time. What they have in Burnout Three? Oh, yeah. Um, now I'm trying to remember the name. The, I know, like Bam, Go Betty Go was a band that was in that game, and I was listening to them for a oh, good look while at this. since yeah. then. Um, oh, the Von Blondes. Uh, Ramones was in that. Uh, Pennywise. There's just a lot of fantastic, like just bands that at the time. Fallout Boy, My Chemical Romance, Rise Against. Well, there's a lot of. Are you sure those were all in Burnout? Maybe they were. Takedown. It was all in Takedown. Yeah, Burnout Three Takedown. Is that what it's called? I never played it. Yeah, honestly, I never. I don't think I've ever met a person that ever referred to it by the subtitle. Yeah, it came though. out in 2004. I wasn't playing a lot of games. But that game, Burnout Three. So, I wish that could be considered an influence. There's a lot of emo music in this game. I honestly wish that you could consider Burnout 3 to be an influential classic. Does that make Burnout 3 an emo game? No. It doesn't? No. Shouldn't it? No. A trade? No. Look at this. No. I think that list is incorrect. This is amazing. No, I think that list is incorrect. <laughs> I don't recall even half of those bands being right, in that game. I'm starting a poll in the chat. If Burnout 3 Takedown is the emo game... It is not an emo game. Then don't say anything. Okay, that that, <laughs> that is the worst way to do any sort of poll. All right, why don't we uh, why don't we go on move along then? So, what's your what's your first pick that you're going to go with uh, tonight? All right. Well, let me see if I can find one on this list here. I am going to go with. Oh, you, want to, you can use my monitor too. You want to do that? No, I got it. I got it. Okay, okay. So I'll go with this one. There'll be a nice way to start the show off too. Um, so the first track I'm going to pick came from listener Electric Boogaloo yeah. from a game that up until he submitted this track, I honestly never heard of. Yeah. It was called Winning Run. Yes. And 
The track is just the theme song from Winning Run, mm-hmm. composed by Hiroyuki Kawada. Let me tell you, I love arcade racing game music. It it makes me happy, and Electric Boogaloo has amazing taste. <laughs> but Mike nailed it. What, what a catch. Burnout 3 is mall punk. And I, can, and, and I can support that because <laughs> I'm gonna when I'm when we go to the break I'm gonna see if I can find the track that I really one of the bands I really fell into with this game. Okay, I can't yeah. remember the name off the top of my head, but it's gonna click all of a sudden. Watch. All right, well that's oh all right, let's check it out then. Listening to the theme from the game Winning Run, an arcade racer submitted by listener Electric Boogaloo. Up until his submission, again, I had never heard of this game or the music that which it was contained, but I like this track quite a bit, and I was also very interested in his actual testimonial as well. Oh, what what does what does Mr. Boogaloo have to say? I was trying really hard to not come up with another Hiroyuki Kawada track submission. <laughs> but since this is the Influential Games episode, right. I had to go with this particular one. Winning Run, not only the first game to be released on Namco's twenty-one System 21 board, okay. which powered the likes of Starblade, Air Combat, and Cybersled, but it is also the first commercially released fully polygonal arcade racer released in Japan on December 1988, beating out Atari games, hard driving by mark to market by nearly two months. Wow, Hard Driving was a bad game. Here, well, bad as in good, 80s style, or bad as in present day bad. I remember not liking it at all in the really? 80s. But, I mean, it was the 80s. I, I didn't know games. Right? Hard Driving. I was, I was, I was like, a top gear guy, so what do I know? That was the <laughs> 90s anyway, so whatever. That was not here, polygonal. Here, polygonal. you're driving a blazing fast Formula One car, with your goal being to finish in the top spot. You can see how this would influence the likes of virtual racing, Ace Driver, and ND500. If you can find a cabinet laying around somewhere or able to get it running on MAME, it's absolutely worth checking out. All right. And I can honestly say from what I saw footage-wise of this game, it absolutely does seem like the predecessor to like virtual racing. That's cool. I want to look this up and check that out. And especially this soundtrack. This sounds like Herbie Hancock. Herbie Hancock. So good. Herbie Hancock. Yeah, Rocket. You heard Rocket? Maybe I'd know it if I heard it, but by name, not so much. So, so good. Um, Apparently, Poopa, um, um, Kung Fu Carlito agrees with me. He flat out said, Herbie Hancock. So, you have a kindred spirit there. I wasn't catching it. He's so good. Um, race, race driving and hard driving only existed to take your quarters. Oh, maybe no race driving was what I was thinking of. There was this game that was at a Chuck E. Cheese. I guess it was Showbiz Pizza when we were kids. 
and it was this big sit-down cabinet. And it had like a key and a big wheel, everything. And I would sit down into it and be like, it's a 3D racing game. It's going to be fun. And I would sit down and you hit the gas and it would go so slow. And I felt like I felt like the game couldn't keep up. Like the game was having a hard time like producing the polygons. <laughs> <laughs> and then it would just go and then you would crash and the game would be over. And I'd be like, it didn't that even go that fast. That wasn't enjoyable. Well, the, the funny thing is, like, I think back on like, a lot of arcade racing games, and whilst obviously as an adult, I think even when I was a teenager, I kind of developed that, you know, bare knuckle, like white knuckle driving style because yeah. I just couldn't fit in the cabs to actually hit the brakes properly. <laughs> so your foot was just on the gas the whole time? Yeah, I had to choose brakes <laughs> or gas. I couldn't hit either or. So you're just like, okay, I'm just going to accelerate and hope for that the best. That is so funny to me. Can't hit the brakes. I gotta decelerate slowly. <laughs> just hope I can pull it off. Just yeah, hit the walls to slow down. Oh, I did that. In uh, fact, a lot of PS One racing games. I was like, that. my whole shtick was to just like rub up against the rub the paint against the wall. Like, okay, oh, I can just slow down. I got cut. I gotta ask. Do you have this experience? Because um, you and I like we loved like arcade racers, right? Like, oh, yeah. like Ridge Racer and all that stuff. But like the first time you played um, uh, Gran Turismo. Was it was it was it super disappointing? Very. I mean, like I remember, right? I remember buying that because <laughs> of all the different you know game magazines chronicles oh, like one of right. the greatest racing sims ever. Which, for the record, at the time, my thought, my brain didn't really zero in on the whole sim part. It just hurt racing. So I bought the game and took it home, all ready to like drive like official licensed cars. Yeah. And then the first thing you have to do is get your driver's license, which at the time I don't recall even having yet. No. No, I, don't I think did have one. I, did, no, did. I think I did because Gran Turismo 2 came out when I had just entered college. Okay, so yeah, you had, you had probably gotten it. Like, not, not I had probably just gotten just the license. But uh, I sat there was like, this is, I, how is this enjoyable? I remember like sitting down like one weekend and being like, I'm going to figure this game out and understand what I'm doing wrong. And, and, and the manual that came with the game was huge. And it was, it was like actual racing... Um, like instructions, like how to ride like the apex of a curve, and like how to manage like the the the, um, the the tension, like the friction of your tires to the speed that you're going, so that you can like do the corners and everything correctly. And and after a while, I was like, this just feels like work, and I just stopped. But that's that's exactly what the game was, though. and that's what's yeah, interesting. So I was like, like, I really wanted all I wanted to do was like drift and crash. I just wanted to zoom, 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 zoom. vroom, vroom. So then just I, drive my car. Yeah, so, but then Ridge Racer Type 4 came out, and then I felt much better. Oh, yeah. yeah. But like, it's funny. It's like, one thing I mentioned, like, Kung Fu Carlito goes, it's like you're taking a driver's ed class in the 80s. I think he's referring to um, oh. car driving and race driving games. Yeah, oh, I think they actually have, like, those little simulation machines. Yeah, but I think that's why he's saying that. It, yeah. it resembles that. But, like, I think it's funny because I may have mentioned this on a previous episode, but I think it's appropriate to bring up now, too, that I I am pretty confident in stating that I learned, I prepared for my driver's ed exam with Crazy Taxi. <laughs> Not ashamed to admit it. It worked until I had to drive in the city. You made when I was driving the highways, I was killing it. You're making crazy money until you had to make crazy grades. Oh no! I made the grade. You it made was crazy only, only it was only until I had to start <laughs> driving in neighborhoods and stuff. Because I remember driving there, but actually almost went up on some lady's lawn. Oh, <laughs> the driver's ed instructor had to go nuts on his on the passenger oh, really? side brakes that were installed in that car. It was rough. Yeah, that's right. I forgot they had like the little extra brake to be like this. That's like their oh no. Oh, but on ninety five, boy, it was the it was easiest fun, right? thing. I was like, I remember kids being afraid to drive on the highway, yeah. thinking it was scary. I was like, no, this is the best part. I was like, killing it. Yeah, you just go and everyone just you know passes or they get behind you. But 
but it makes you wonder how many people that played Gran Turismo prior to, like, you know, I saw about I played Crazy Taxi younger before Driver's Ed yeah. exam. Oh, maybe you wonder how many people played Gran Turismo prior to their driver's ed exams that ultimately end up leaning into that game to prepare them for a driver's exam. No, 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 because I feel like you have to have like a better, like a fundamental knowledge of driving to even be good at Gran Turismo. I don't know. Like, I mean, like you have to know the rules of football to enjoy Tecmo Bowl, right? No, you don't. Don't you? <laughs> Most no. I. I used to play it with my brothers. I knew nothing about football. And so, while I didn't enjoy Tecmo Bowl, it was more so a lack of winning that did that <laughs> than in the actual game itself. Uh, I just picked the passing plays and then passing plays. Well, that was my entire stick. Well, Purnell, lack of winning is coming soon because we have a trivia game for you. Hey. It's short, but it's I, fun. Hey, don't 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 knock your skills, man. Just because you didn't win last time doesn't mean you won't win this time. I, but I know I'm gonna win. So it's okay. I, I I hope you do good because if you do really good, I'm gonna be really proud. Like in my skills of a trivia master <laughs> and you being my trivia student. Alright, this oh. this next track is from Hammock. Hammock. Hammock from KVGM, The Last Wave, a chill video game music podcast. He, of course, came up with Passing Breeze from the game Outrun in the Arcade, composed by Hiroshi Kawaguchi. Back, you're listening to Passing Breeze from the game Outrun, composed by Hiroshi Kawaguchi. And this was picked by Hammock from KVGM, The Last Wave. And we're just here talking about Driver's Ed when we were like 16, 17 years old. But uh, Hammock has a testimonial. 
I have words. I'm just, <laughs> just going to read the words. You have the best words, bro. I'm just going to read the words. Of course, I couldn't recommend. Couldn't. Of course, I couldn't not recommend Outrun when it comes to influential classics. From the strong influence on future racing games to the cool late 80s summer aesthetic to the timeless soundtrack, and most importantly, to my high score in an arcade somewhere in Carson City, Nevada, H-A-M, number one forever, baby. <laughs> going ham on the this highway. Is, this game is hard. Um, uh, yeah, I've never gotten very far in Outrun. No. Does uh, it have an ending? It, it does. There's, there's like a route. Um, so the game was also a big influence on the birth of my show, The Last Wave, and truly embodies all that is smooth and chill about Aqua City. Isn't um, this also the game that Magical Sound Shower came from? Yes, it is. The game had um, six or seven tracks, and at the beginning, before you start playing, you can actually change this, the radio station to what you want to hear. Mm-mm. And the songs are pretty long, too. Like, we're actually... I, I came in, like, on the first loop, but, like, it's actually the first, like, A and B sections loop, and then there's a whole other section coming up um, right here. I think it's a... I think it's a... I want to say it's a percussion solo. Here we go. Nope. It's a key change. Ooh. We can do a key change. You know what a key change means for now? It's no. time for a quiz. That's not what a key change means. That's exactly what a it means. A key change means new Pokemon. Oh, when you change your keys out? What if you lost your keys? The clef key. The clef keys? <laughs> Purnell, are you ready to play? <laughs> are you ready to play, Purnell? I don't know what it is. Oh, the what? We're ready to play. Who is the world warrior? Me. So you have to. I've been to two states. All right. So there are. Okay. This is this is all from Street Fighter Two Super Super Street Fighter Two. So that okay. means those characters. Yes. You know how like if you just let the attract screen go, it shows you like um, like their did bio their bios. I'm gonna give you the bio, and you have to tell me the character. Okay. Well, I'm gonna lose the hell out of this, but let's try anyway. Yeah. So the, this the, is like devious mess. This is, this is specifically having to know the street. I don't even know all the characters in that game. Well, I, what I did was, I mean, it's not even the bios. This is you're and you're gonna see what I mean. So you're gonna have to use context clues to figure out which ones are which. And I and I picked ones that are gonna be as as obvious as possible. And I'm gonna start with a really easy one. I'm just gonna say, by the way, everyone. There's only who's six listening, of them. There's only six. This of is them. a ringer quiz. He knew what was up. He was prepared. All right, let's see. Let's see how it goes. All right, so who is the world warrior? Okay, Me. date of birth, November twenty second, nineteen fifty two. He's 5'10", 107 pounds. He can change height and weight to some extent. A what? Bust size, 42 inches. Waist, 18 inches. And hips, 25 inches. Blood type O. See, that's already weird, because like I can picture someone changing height, but the weight throws me off quite a mm. bit. So this is... says Dalsim. It is Dalsim. Where do you get the weight part? I don't know. It's weight, 107 pounds. Wait, that's his actual bio in the game? This is his bio in the game. All of these are their actual bios. Everyone in the game has a bust, waist, and hip size. <laughs> All right, someone's going to have to... Someone in the chat who's listening to that right now, you have to tell me where do they get the contents of him changing weight? Because I get the height, but the weight thing ain't, ain't swinging. It's video me. game magic. Are you ready for the next question? <laughs> Yoga. <laughs> Yoga. All right, date of birth. November 3rd, 1960. Height is 6'2". His weight is 304 pounds. There's no description, though. His bust is 83 inches. Waist is 70 inches. And hips, 82 inches. He's 6'2". Blood type A. 6'2", 304 pounds. And look at those dimensions. 
80, That's not going to be T-Hawk, is it? 70-inch waist. So I'm trying to think. the lar- He's like the largest character who's not just like... Because like, it can't be Honda. Honda's short. T-Hawk is huge and tall, but he's got like mass. Right. See, this so is why, this is why the context clues I'm trying to give you, right? So it would either be him or at most, if it's not him, the only other person it could be is like Sagat. It's Honda. Oh, crap. <laughs> Honda is not 6'2". This is cannon for now. He's cannon. 6'2". And blast that out of a cannon. He, he looked, is not 6'2". Yo, he looks short because he, he like, crouches. Man, <laughs> some bull. He is not 6'2". That would make Chun-Li, like, 7'6". Look how happy he is. He's a liar. He's like, ah. He lied on the application. That's what happened. <laughs> Hooray. All right, here we go. Number three. Bull crap. Yeah. All right, date of birth, January 6th, 1974. Height. Five feet five inches, weight one hundred and one pounds, bust size thirty four inches, waist size twenty two inches, hips thirty five inches, blood type B. I love how you read the blood type like that's ever going to help. Like the date of birth, nineteen seventy four. <laughs> well, this is a younger world warrior. Okay, but okay, yeah, yeah. five five, one hundred and one pounds. That could be Chun Li actually. It's Cammy. <laughs> I was close. <laughs> Those hips don't lie. Those Except to me, be. because I thought it was Chun-Li. So I, I picked the, the biggest character and put him next to the smallest character. <laughs> so if Chun-Li's not in here at any point, I'm going to be sad. All right. She uh, better be. I can't remember. <laughs> Chun-Li's awesome. I did, I did it way earlier this morning. All right, up next. All right, date of birth is February Oh, a couple 12th. people actually picked up on that. All right, 1966. Height is 6'5". Weight is 218 pounds. Bust size, 77 inches. Waist, teeny tiny waist, 47 inches. Oh. Hips, 67 inches, but 6'5", 218 pounds. Blood type B. The height doesn't help me anymore because freaking Honda's 6'2". <laughs> I know, right? So I don't know what to believe in height anymore with this so franchise. He, this person's taller than Honda and weighs 100 pounds, 100 pounds less. Less than the Honda. Yeah. Who could it be? Give it out. Throw it out there. Throw it out there. Ah, Jesus crap. <laughs> Bye. Um, freaking. Was it Ryu? No, I didn't win. See? You're <laughs> killing me, Robert. Uh, come on. Who is this? Uh, maybe this is T Hall. I want it to be T Hall. It is not T Hall. It's Blanca. <laughs> I said Blanca. You Blanca. weren't listening. <laughs> I said Blanca. I was like, it's that wolf dude. Blanca is not 6'5. Yeah, I know he's not. That's why this thing is screwing me. I guess like I guess he he walks hunched over all yeah, the time. Right? I guess he goes he's hunched over. What all right, the? next character. Date of birth: December twenty third, nineteen sixty. Height is six one. I don't know what to believe in. His weight is one hundred and ninety one pounds. Bust size forty nine inches. Waist thirty two inches. Hips thirty five inches. Blood type O. <laughs> Who the hell is this? 6'1", 191 pounds. You know why it doesn't matter anymore? I'll tell you right now, it's not T-Hawk. It's not T-Hawk, that's for sure. It's okay. not... It's okay, so this character is my height. Yeah, that helps. But weighs... Blanc is taller than you, Rob. <laughs> Did you know that? Actually, <laughs> Ehad is taller than you. Did you know that? I know. <laughs> I, I have God. someone to look up to now. All right, that's so... terrible. Who is it? 6'1", 191 pounds. I think based on the fun, it's got to be from Super Street Fighter. Really, like one really of the new big characters. Chest. Really, really, really big chest. 49 inches chest. You're saying that's, you don't think that's T-Hulk? None of these are T-Hulk. Sagat. 
Guile. Guile. Look at that chest on Guile. He's busting out of his the tank top. I ever know. <laughs> I only know him for his hair and his legs. I never knew what his top was like. Yeah, yeah. Now, now you know. Now, now you have something to. Now you have a Richard Tater. Now, now, now you can tailor him his suit. Whoa! I'll be dang. Two people got it in there. All right. I'm glad that people. The dude are and Bedroth got Guile. Thank you. If, you, if people at home, uh, um, listeners, please keep track, and then send us an email: rhythmandpixels at hotmail it's, it's fine. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Date of birth is July 2nd, 1955. That's the gut. That's the gut. Yeah. Height is That's the gut. seven That's feet, the gut. four inches. Stop. That's the gut. 283 pounds. That's the gut. <laughs> if it's not the I quit. It's the gut. Look how happy he is. <laughs> what if that wasn't him, I would quit. I love these pictures of them. Like, 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 like they get like, these uh, these busts, right? The, the, the portrait shots of their faces, and they look kind of evil. But then their winning pose... They're just so happy. And the next thing you know, they're being told to go home and be a family man. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's Guile, because he's, he's cruel. Um, thank you for playing, Purnell. Thanks for playing. Yes! Name yes! Street Fighter. One day, I'm going to come up with one that is just as vicious. Like, I'm going to name a bunch of weapons that only <laughs> exist in third-tier JRPGs. I hope you can guess them wrong. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good quiz. It was a good quiz, but it was cruel and unusual. <laughs> E-Honda is not 6'2". He is not. I'm going to go home and look at like all kinds. We're going to look up fan art. Someone's had to draw him standing up, like, and like, they're not even drawing him that like tall. A lineup of all the characters, and like, like, they're, like you can see the heights like compared to each one. I mean, like, really? Blanca is not six five. Like that's insane, right? He is not. Like Sagat, seven feet. Seven four is Sagat. That makes total sense. Kind of makes sense. But Blanca, I'm confused. But all right, we're is it's Chester Cobblepot up in there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right, Pernell, what's uh, what's your second track? All right, so my second track is going to come from listener Bedroth. Bedroth from definitely something I consider to be an influential classic. So I wholeheartedly agree with him on this. From the game Doom. And this track, I don't think I've ever heard before, before his submission. So hopefully in the chat he can elaborate a bit more. But this is called The Demons from Adrian's Pen. And I don't think I have a composer on here. But. I don't because I couldn't remember which Doom this was from. And I, I did not find it. So here we go. This is The Demons from Adrian's Pen. Like he was drawing something on a piece of paper. and Demons came out. <laughs> That's that, Comic Zone. That's 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 the Purnell level humor that you expect on Rhythm. And <laughs> hey 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 hey! Give me some credit. My oh, Comic humor. Zone. Yeah, that was Comic Zone. The Comic Zone was like um like a Looney Tunes, you know, where the where the pencil comes out, like but like oh, in that regard, yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, like you that. actually see them drawing the enemy before they come out and attack you. <laughs> all right, all right. Back to the back to the music from Doom.
welcome back. You just listened to The Demons from Adrian's Pen from the game Doom, submitted by listener Bedroff, composed by Bobby Prince, according to Rob. Thank We're going with that. Yeah, well, I've downloaded the track. I was like, oh, is this like the new Doom, where it's all like the heavy metal stuff? But no, it's not. This is like, although a lot of the music from the original Doom was inspired by like heavy metal groups. Um, so this one was based on, possibly based on The Call of Cthulhu, by Metallica. Huh. Yeah. That would make a lot of sense then. So I'm going to read two testimonials for this because even though this is the track that I ended up picking, we actually had two Patreon members who submitted tracks from Doom as their inspired, as their influential classics. Both excellent picks. So I'm going to read both testimonials because I think it's a valid point to make. Okay. So what's, what's Bedroth's first testimonial? It begins... I just took a trip down a terrifying part of memory lane and listened to the OSTs of all three original episodes of Doom. Of course, everyone remembers At Doom's Gate. Pernell doesn't. (laughs) And the tracks that play on all three first missions of each episode are fantastic. But I decided to go with the creepy butt track that plays during mission two of episode two, The Shores of Hell. The level is called Containment Area, and the track's name is The Demons from Adrian's Pen. The song itself brought back some surprisingly strong memories, so much so that when I watched some game footage of the level, I actually remembered where the player was going to go. Here's a little... Oh, here we go. Here's a little snippet from the gay's composer, Bobby Prince. (laughs) (laughs) I found on the Video Game Music Preservation Foundation wiki, so he was already ahead of both of us on that one. Starting about 1 minute and 12 seconds into the song, you will hear a musical technique that helps to keep a song interesting without it being obvious. What the composer does is he changes the, f- he changes the feel of the downbeat. There are many yeah, ways yeah. to do I hear this, this right here. but in this case, I started playing the bass drum slash snare drum parts an eighth note later than it had been played up to that time. This makes the music feel like it is pushing ahead while seeming to rotate or turn around. It's almost the same thing as causing a car to start spinning out of control. At 1 minute and 36 seconds, the car all of a sudden jerks back out of the spin. Hmm. I do like that testimony. Yeah, it does feel kind of like a car crash. Not car crash, but it feels like a slow and... It's coming back into driving properly. Kicking back into gear. Now, someone else um, also submitted a track, but I think they also submitted At Doom's Gate, right? Yeah, that was Stephen Miller. He submitted At Doom's Gate, and I was about to read his testimonial, too. Hmm. Ta-da! Stephen Miller's testimonial for At Doom's Gate. Also from Doom, submitted by Mick, or listener, um, three, um, <laughs> composed by Mick Gordon. I need a nap. No, no, anyway, no, the point is, no, here's no, the testimonial. Not Mick Gordon. That was my mistake. You McGovern'd it. Yeah. It's uh, Bobby. Bobby. Also Bobby Prince. Bob, Bobby, Bobby Prince. There's going to be some edits here, or we're just going to call it Live Junction. Anyway, here's a testimonial from Stephen Miller. <laughs> My jaw practically hit the floor the first time I heard this song coming out of my little 486 computer speakers. Nice. I didn't even know what metal music was yet, (laughs) but man, was I hooked. All right. I can relate to that. I genuinely do not think video game music would be where it was today if not for the metallic, blood-soaked tang of Doom's soundtrack. Mm. I can honestly 100% relate to that because metal video games are how I got into metal music, too. Mike Myers got me to appreciate it. I would play so many Turbo Graphics games, Turbo Turbo CD to be specific, because if you recall, almost every Turbo CD game had a Hard Rock and OST. Yeah, right. Like, 
I, I remember know. like you introduced me to that, and I was like, wow, this is some heavy stuff. Yes. All these games. So like one day while hanging out with Mike back when I first met him, he was like, do you listen to metal? I was like, no, that's the devil's music. <laughs> and he was like, what do you mean? I was like, I can't listen to metal. It's, it's satanic music. Like I was literally brought up to believe that. So I just thought it. So he introduced me to Opeth with the intent being to help me draw a connection between the instrumentals of VGM and the instrumentals of Opeth since they have a lot of tracks that are very light on the vocals. So it must have been successful then, right? Oh, it worked. Yeah. It worked like a charm. At first, we were I'm listening to the music, and I'm like, oh, this sounds pretty good. It was a song called Nectar by Opeth. And I'm like, this sounds pretty good. Toe tap, and the guy goes, bugger the bugger, like, turn it off. <laughs> like, turn it off. And <laughs> played it again, let it play a little bit, got to the book of the book of it, turned it right back off. And then one day, exactly that. One day, I just let it go. I just listened to it all the way through. And I came to realize that, one, the concept of it being devil's music was nonsense. The sound isn't that. If they wanted to make the lyrics specifically about that, that's a whole other story. But yeah. the music was not. The music was wonderful. And. If I couldn't understand the growling, it just felt like another instrument on the song. So it still worked for me. And then I just went down a nice spiraling rabbit hole of various metal bands, yeah. of various metal subgenres, like, you know, freaking, what's it? Heavy metal, death metal, doom metal. What was the one that freaking like Nightwish was? They were like some symphon there was symphonic, symphonic metal. metal. There's like math metal or something like that. Oh. There was like. Elf, elven, I, I, like elven metal. Elven some metal. weird. I remember, I remember talking to uh, Brad. Brad got really into it. We would drive up to the arcades to play uh, ITG, and he'd be like, "Check this out. This is stoner metal." And like the next week, he'd be like, "This is a uh, sludge metal." <laughs> sludge metal. It's then, like someone's walking through a swamp. Yeah, and the one was like, it was like math metal or something like that, or calculus metal. But it was like the the rhythm guitar sections were like really long solos and so every there was never like a normal like straight section i admittedly would tell people I listen to math rock just like math like i was rock. smart yeah like i like i know what it know but i know what it means now it's based on like the actual like measures that you play the music in but back then i didn't know what the heck math rock right. was. i just knew that this was a math rock song and i'm like oh listen to math rock guys i'm smart check me out i'm a teacher i'm a professor of rock and roll i don't know if that nick walker said this with the intent for it to be punny but okay. he goes, my friend likes pirate metal. It's a gem. And I'm thinking about that, like, gems as in, like, pirate treasure. Oh. And I'm like, oh, pirate ah, guy. Pirate metal. I, ah, all right. All right well, so I, baby metal is good, by the way. Baby baby metal. Yeah, Solar Sanctuary goes, How's about, how about baby metal? I like them. And they run. I like them because they remind me of another metal band, like, back that they call Yellow Machine Gun, because they're hard metal rockers, but all their lyrics are, like, borderline candy pop mm. like there's a song on freaking walk where they're just talking about like having difficulty like in english class or something <laughs> but the entire song is like very hard metal and then the girl's like singing like very happy light vocals it's a weird juxtaposition but i've really fallen for it it's cool. good stuff well here we go our next track is a hard rock song um this is from the game blast blue central fiction the track is called walpurgisnacht the theme of Nine the Phantom. And this was, I wanted to pick this track because it was submitted by a new Patreon <laughs> member, Reinhardt Zelkova. Oh.
That was the theme of Nine the Phantom, Walpurgis Nacht, from Blas Blue Central Fiction, composed, performed, created. Melting with Melt, by... Yeah, smelted by... <laughs> smelted by... <laughs> uh, Daisuke Ishiwatari. And that was picked by Reinhard Selkova, one of our new Patreon members. So thank you very much. We appreciate the suggestion. He also uh, had a topic suggestion as well for us to do... Yasunori Mitsuda, which I think is a great idea. So we gotta start writing these. Then you probably keep them on like a like a Word doc or something. I used to. That case before and now, I leave now what that happens is that either if we don't have a uh, if you don't have a, a guest, I just text you and I'm like, Brunel, quick, what are we doing? <laughs> I'm already good for that. I, I just shoot topics like crazy. So I'll, I'll probably write it on a post note before I leave or something. Yeah, because we were gonna do a bunch. Um, Romancing Ed, we got part two. That'll be ridiculous. Apparently, we got to have uh, Mitchell Long back on at least another six times. We do have another episode topic that's coming up in the future, too, though. It's spoiler, but it's not a big deal. It's called Superfund, which should be an interesting one yes, for us to mess right. around I'm, with. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, that should be really good. But yeah, yeah uh, Blast Blue, right? Pretty good stuff. Pretty heavy stuff. Well, before we get into that, classic Daisuke. Before we Ishiwatari. get into that. <laughs> Isha Watery. Now, before we get into that. Oh, no, we're from Delaware. Isha Watery. Isha. Oh, Christ. <laughs> water ice. Uh, <laughs> I do like water ice. I know you do. I do too. Now, before we go too far, I want to make an announcement that was submitted by listener Bedroff in relation to the composer of this track, Daisuke Isha Watery, in which he says that episode three of his still in beta podcast called Very Good Music. Is dropping tomorrow afternoon, and it features a couple of Ishiwatari tracks. The topic is rivals, rogues, and frenemies. So, oh, okay, yeah. So, like, a lot of those characters from, from Blast Blue and Guilty Gear. And also, just to make sure I got it right, he says tomorrow, but this is the day we are recording, so he's <laughs> right. likely referring to the 28th yes, so of February. Yes, so that'll be last Friday. Check it out. I'm sure it's on Apple or Spotify or everywhere else, like, podcasts get picked up and played. Oh, yeah. So definitely check that out. Um, it's kind of got kind of a cool little community of uh, game music podcasters. It's That's, been great, and I honestly love that. Like, there's something, mm-hmm. there's something kind, and there's something kind of warm about. It. Like, I, I mean, I won't. I'm sure there's some some out there, but thankfully, I haven't come across those. Yeah. But aside from those folks, I've honestly never really come across any real egotism no. floating around the community. No one's being a complete shill no. or a jerk. I mean, some people are just maybe a little more like reclusive or don't like, like, like to engage as much as others. But like, other than that, like you meet them and they're super friendly. Like the legacy music hour. Those guys were great. Yep. They so were fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Honestly, I'm, I, it was one of things where like, oh, I, you'll meet somebody at a con or something. Mm-hmm. And I expect there to be a high chance generally. Of meeting a person at a con and being like, ooh, back away. I'm a little, little anxious here. I'm feeling anxious. <laughs> I got I mean, it, it's We grew up in the 90s of, like, you know, internet stranger danger. Oh, yeah. So, and it just it just bleeds into our lives now where it's like, you're an internet friend, but I need you in real life. I gotta, I'm got. i always anxious and cautious. And yet somehow when oh. it comes to the VGM community. Everyone's great. Everyone just has been great. There's been no real issues with that. It hasn't triggered stranger danger in any way. <laughs> right. I am very happy with yeah. this community in such a way that I am genuinely glad to even be remotely part of right. it. Right. It was, it was great to, like, also meet um, uh, Cameron from The Mad Gear. Um, his new series, Turbo City Gaiden, which is just released on Kickstarter. Well, we met him before the series. It was a weird, surprising bump up at Mag. It was yeah, just, but, hey, guy. But if you support his Kickstarter, you get to meet him further and learn more about him in the Mad Gear, Turbo City Gaiden. 
now on Kickstarter. Oh mercy! That was the that was a terrible plug, Rob. <laughs> that was so bad. That was a terrible plug for Turbo City Guide and launching on Kickstarter. I'm stuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pernell, what's your final track? Alrighty. Yeah, we, we got a lot to pick from. I don't think we're not going to be able to get through all of them, but um, we we don't delete anything. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, no. even though we do the listener theme submissions, as you can tell from like like some of the picks we've had tonight, just because it doesn't fit theme doesn't mean it won't necessarily make it into the show. Right. But of course, that still means if you do, please submit for the theme because that's part of the fun. It's part of the fun. But my final track before bonus time is honestly. A different vein of influential classic. I believe this comes more from the heart, like influence to the person who submitted it. Okay. This comes from listener Stephen Miller. Comes from one of my favorite JRPGs. I had to pick this when I heard it because he and I are on the same page for this bad boy. Yes. And that is the decisive battle from Final Fantasy VI on the SNES, composed by Nobuo Uematsu. Literally, probably the best boss theme ever composed. But I, I don't want to steal his words because he's pro, he kind of said the same thing. But let's get to the jam. Listening to Final Fantasy VI, The Decisive Battle, SNES Classic, submitted by listener Stephen Miller and composed by Nobuo Uematsu. Thank you for submitting this track because I love it so freaking much. So, I listen to this track at least, at least once a week, and I'm not exaggerating I, when I, I say I, that. No, I believe it. This is, this is, I mean, like, this is the music you listen to when you're ready to take down something big. Mm-hmm. You're ready to pay your taxes. It gives me. You're sense. ready to finish off the work week. You know, like this is this is that kind of music. It's that music where you need to churn butter. Yeah, it's, and your arms are tired. That's right. Because you've been installing desk elevators <laughs> all day. I don't know. I bruised my hand like right here. 
That's, that's, that sounds like you had quite the decisive battle there, See Robert. See how blue it is? <laughs> it's quite the decisive battle you anyway, had. Anyway, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, testimonial time from Stephen Miller. This is another one from my childhood. The first RPG I can remember playing, and argu- arguably the best SNES-era soundtrack, period. Final Fantasy VI was the first time I looked at VGM separately from its visual counterpart, and I'm certain it shaped my future music taste, given my love for both the Black Mages and Deep Purple. Best battle theme ever written for an RPG, fight me. And my <laughs> response to that is, fight us, tag team, baby. We'll take it. But I have to agree with that wholeheartedly. Like, Final Fantasy VI, I still say, was my favorite Final Fantasy they ever did. And it infuriates me that Final Fantasy IV got an update. They jumped to Final Fantasy VII with this freaking eat butterfingers to get nice and around garbage. Uh, they're giving all these updates and remasters. Six is just sitting left in the dust. Six was a fantastic RPG in the vein of storytelling. Can you recall any other JRPGs or RPGs prior to this that actually had like story vignettes that occurred during the boss fights? Like, you'd be fighting a boss, and then everything would stop, and they'd have a conversation about why this woman can use magic, because that was just something you did. You had a fight where you fell off of an airship and had to fight a battleship on the way down to the ground. (laughs) I would love to see that done with a graphic style that oh. can actually show people falling and trying to fight in the sky. I know. Can you imagine, like, with like using like, the Unreal Engine and like great character models and like graphics, it would be suplexing amazing. a ghost train? Yes. Like these are all <laughs> things that deserve an update. I actually have a theory that the reason why they haven't actually updated Final Fantasy VI is that they have no idea how they would actually make all those sequences work <laughs> with realistic graphics. Because again. You're fighting a fully armed battleship while falling from the sky. Oh, that's amazing. And it somehow oh, they works. They can make something like that. No, I think it's a thing. It's ah. not that they can't do it. Yeah. It's just that how would it look? Because when people get these updated graphics and stuff in their games, they look generally want this hyper-realism. They want it to look like, man, imagine if this was a movie, right? Okay, you're suplexing a train. You're falling from space. Well, they would probably like change the the battle system, like they're doing with seven. It still wouldn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, punch like, it. Instead of suplexing a train, you're just gonna punch it. There's just so many <laughs> weird things. The the entire thing with the art house where the painting is just like flipping out. <laughs> like there's just some cool, but it's just the best. You get the vector <laughs> to fight those raging espers. There's there's uh, there's many people in the chat room saying that there is no reason to remake Final Fantasy VI. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. And you're saying that um, the, the energy being put into remaking some of the other games. I would still like to see, like, when people say there's no need to remake it, a lot of times when people say something needs to be remade, they're saying it's mostly because the game just, needs the visual overhaul. It needs the update to look good. I was people, people, I was people just said it because like they, they just want more of it. You know, like oh, I want to relive this. No, but that's where I want that's, new thing. But that's where I'm at. What you just said. Hmm. I just want. I want to see the game get but its I'm due. I'm right. You're wrong. No, I'm saying <laughs> you. I you knucklehead. I, just, I agree with you. I know. I know. I know. But uh, like. 
I can still go back and play six and enjoy it to this day with no qualms. In uh, fact, uh, I think the game is a beautiful game, and that's I still gorgeous. I, have, I love the sprites. The the battle it can battle the um the enemy sprites. They yeah. look great. And I have like weird quirks about that, like too, like when you were, when you put on the sprint shoes and you're in battle and your character has that yellow overlay. Yeah, I like that to the point where I would prefer to have all my characters to either have sprint shoes on or something that would give them shells so you have the green overlay. Just to make them look cool. Just to make them look cool. Just like how on Mega Man, I always like the levels where you can actually see the black outline on Mega Man as opposed to the levels where you can't. Weird stuff like that. But visually, the game is still fantastic. Just like Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger never stopped looking good. With that said, I would love to see them try to give it a visual overhaul because the old game will still be there. And it will still look like a treat. Yeah. But I, imagine what they could do with it. Yeah, if it was more, like, cel-shaded cartoony. Yeah, because I would say yeah. for them, you know, they're doing with Final Fantasy VII, right? How they took it and they turned it into this, uh, like, more action-y battle yeah. system. You yeah, see all the characters fighting yeah, modern, together. Essentially yeah. modern, yeah. Chrono Trigger, in my opinion, is already built to look that way. Because the characters were already positioned in battle to kind of coordinate attacks with each other and right. such. So to see that get more dynamic full, already. Yeah. So to see that get the full treatment with like updated 3D graphics and like full character see, models. I, I can play Chrono Trigger today and it would oh, be perfect. It would be per- perfect. That's a game that a lot of people play yearly. Like they'll play it once a year. I'm thinking about like, maybe I want to go back and play that one. It's you should. so good. And the funniest thing about Chrono Trigger... No one has gotten that formula right since. People have tried, and they've come close, mm. but no one's gotten it right since. Mm. We've had I Am Sasuna. We've had uh, Lost Fear. We've had Black Sigil. There's there are um, games I'm not even thinking there's about a new, right now. There's a newer indie one, indie game that came out a couple of years ago. I think Chris Murray had suggested it, but it was uh, in, in, in the style of Chrono Trigger. And I will think of it. No, Secret of Mana. Never mind. <laughs> you thought of it. <laughs> I'll think of it later. But no, it wasn't that game. It was, it was a newer indie game. Um, anyway, we should move on here. I'm going to turn I agree with Chris this Murray. wonderful track <laughs> all the way down. And we're going to get into the part of our show that is called the bonus round. Bonus round. Boogie The bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. And our theme is Influential Classics. And I have got a good one for you guys. This is from Daryl Bowers. Oh, the last week. And it is Guile's theme from Street Fighter 2. Street Fighter 2, highly influential in the arcades and influential in my life. Composed by Yoko Shimomura. And this is arranged for piano and performed by Sonia Belusova.
That was Guile's theme from Street Fighter II, composed by Yoko Shimomura and arranged and performed on piano by Sonia Balasova. I was it, it, go on YouTube and look this up because it's an amazing performance and as an arrangement, it's it's so interesting and um and it's performed like with with, with precision, which is really really cool and it sounds it sounds great. The video is really cool too. She's got this piano. That is shaped. It's 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 like a baby grand piano, but it looks like a pinball machine. Like it's got like pinstriping on the sides and like Does little it say pinball wizard. Um, oh, I forgot. What, it says um decal. It's got it's it's got a really funky name. Like it's like player one piano instead of like player piano. Mm-hmm. And on the sides of the piano are buttons, and there's like a little coin slot. <laughs> like, huh. It's really neat. So it's it's a cool video. So check it out. Her name is Sonia Belusova, B-E-L-O-U-S-O-V-A. So I, I thought that was really cool, and that came from the last Recon, Daryl Bowers. It was a very good pick. Yeah, good pick. Um, so, Pernell, what are you going with? Before I do that, I have to beat this run funny comment. Yeah, you got to call out people. No, this isn't the call. This is yeah, just a funny a comment. Out. Yeah. This is, this is no, a, it's not. This is a beef time. Ain't no darn beef. It's beef. Chris Murray said, got a hamburger. Cosmic Star Heroin <laughs> is like if you made a game in high school and Chrono Trigger was your actual PhD. <laughs> <laughs> that, ouch. Yeah. Maybe it, was a, maybe it was a call out on Cosmic Star Heroin, though. Oof. Mm. But my actual track, <laughs> my actual track comes from Listener, da 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 da, Davy Cakes. Davy Cakes. And it's from the game Minecraft. And the track, which I didn't even realize had names in this game, it's called Sweden. And I'm looking forward to listening to this one again because it is something that I felt would be perfectly fitting for a bonus round track by sound.
this was a track called Sweden. And in the game, it was the, a file just called Calm. But according to listener Davy Cakes, over time, whether because of the fan, whether the fan community itself or the composers, eventually the tracks were just were handed names. They handed names. But the original track just was based off of a file name. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And the artist is name is Daniel from Germany, and he goes by the uh, pseudonym C418. Sounds explosive. It sounds explosive. And we got ourselves a sweet testimonial. I think that's really cool. Oh, great, yeah. What's what we got? First thing that popped into my head when I read the topic was Minecraft. Specifically Minecraft. Virtual Legos for a new generation. An amazing game alone or with friends. Yes. And it's safe to say, crafting and a slower pace have become much more prevalent across video games on the whole in its wake. It's also a great excuse to send you guys some great music from the needlessly stellar calming and at times bordering on meditative soundtrack that is minecraft i have to agree and there's there's something to be said about the genuine just like relaxing togetherness that this game can provide i was playing this this was one of the only games i was ever able to bond with my nephew over oh yeah and i look back on those days finally to this day it's it's a fantastic game yeah to i play played i played a bunch of minecraft with uh, my nieces when we were at the beach a couple of years ago um on the switch and it was a lot of fun I was just like putting in creative mode and just building stuff. Because before, I tried playing with my nephews in Seattle. And I don't think the creative mode was out yet. It was like really early or something. And so it was all like, I could only do stuff until it got turned dark and then things would chase you. <laughs> so it'd be, I had like, because I had that um, that survival element to it. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. This is a really good pick. This is This really fits the mood that I'm in. It's just what I need. <laughs> it's like you just did rob a solid. Uh, feels good. All right, so for more information on the bonus round part of our show, you can go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to all the sound clouds and, and band cl- cl- clouds, bandcamp.coms, everywhere where you can, places where you can buy the music and support these artists, including C418, the musician who did this music for Minecraft. Thanks for joining us on episode 21-10 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is our last episode of season 21, world 21, of the podcast. It was and a- it's always fun when it ends on a, on a stream episode. Yeah, it is. Especially when we get these weird, really passionate ones. Because there's <laughs> been some chatter going on outside this thing. To start banning this Final thing. Fantasy from the show. No! <laughs> more of it! Because... I have more I'd even want to say. We won't even have a uh, chance to talk about it. You're going to be like on the way home, like, I got to get like typing in the chat, like, I agree that Final Fantasy VIII is unfairly maligned and nine is sadly overrated. I agree with both of those statements, despite my feelings about eight. Because I feel like, actually, I will state this just as a general thing. <laughs> I feel like the things that would fix eight for me could be done in a remake. That one could totally stand to get a remake. It would update the visuals in a way that worked because I feel like that game visually did not stand the test of time. I feel as though they could fix the weapon system in a way so that you didn't really feel, one, the need to grind random enemies to get the components to make the weapon and Mm -hmm. also have weapons actually matter. Also, 
have summons matter less, so you're not stuck doing boost damage all oh, the freaking time. That was such a bane of my uh, uh, Final Fantasy VIII. Yes. So rough. And lastly, because yeah. honestly, the plot the plot is subjective. Some people like this, some people don't. So I don't. They don't need to change a thing there. Mm-hmm. But oh, I see. Correction. I want more Laguna time because Laguna was awesome, and so were his friends. But the last thing. Make the draw system more user time respective friendly, mm-hmm. and that's it. Everything else is great. I'm fine with the game. I even, I'm even okay with driving a Corvette in the plains. All of it. I just have those specific nitpicks about the game. I was thinking about downloading 15, but I didn't. If you ever wanted, to, <laughs> but I didn't. I could just lend it to you. I have to I have to put a disc in the system. Oh, two point. And I then know. I'd still have to download the uh, the, the the update. I, I would I would probably just but because because I you know how I play games. That is true. Which is almost never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're still recording. Yes, um, we are. Yes, we are. So yeah, this has been a good episode of classics. I feel like when you say we're looking for classics that have influenced you and influenced the industry and influenced games. Everyone's got something, mm-hmm. but yeah. that's what makes it great, though, right? Yeah, every, everyone's got like a different perspective on it. I think that's really neat. Like, um, and it's like it's why it's like it was nice that Bedroth made that distinction because I was I was totally going to go with something like tracks you love to give to loved ones or something, <laughs> but this ends up being ten times better than that. Yeah, I think I think it might be fun to do future Patreon topics to be um, like maybe topics that we did previously from like with like from episodes from like like the, like the past three episodes or something that could be cool yeah just to kind of like build on it so if you listen to it you're like oh I knew, I know something that would fit then you can just kind of submit that okay. I think that might be kind of a fun thing unless our topic is literally like doorknobs well next and- month it's gonna be lucky topic like, we gotta go with that cause lucky music lucky lucky music something lucky like I have to figure out how to phrase it but like we did lucky sevens yeah, but for the Patreon listeners, that'd be something like music that makes you feel like lucky. Like, what do you want? Like, music that you feel like you need to listen to. You like, you really need to surge of good luck. Okay. It's like as I said, it's gonna be a weird way to phrase it, but it's gonna it's gonna happen. We're gonna do it. It's gonna work. Lucky baby. We're gonna workshop this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the drawing board. Um, anyway, if you'd like to submit a topic to us, if you have a track suggestion for us, or if you just want to say hi, like we'll say hi back. Send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail and if you would like more information about our show, a full track listing from all of our episodes and access to all of our episodes, check out the website, rhythmandpixels.com. And check us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It's uh, Rhythm and Pixels. And check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash rhythmandpixels. All of our episodes get uploaded there. We have um, some clips from our live streams I put up there, like our, our, um, our quizzes and dumb trivia stuff that we do. And we also have a 24-7 live stream of 8-bit and 16-bit classics that just plays all day and all night long. So long as my internet's running, the server is on, and music is playing. And that's nice. Um, and if you'd like to support the show, just tell people about it. Say, like, hey, I listened to this thing, and I like it. I think you'd like it, too. Mm-hmm. That's, that works for us. And if you'd like to support us further and get access to live streams and prequel episodes. And pina coladas. And pina coladas and walks in the rain. But no yoga. I ain't getting down with no yoga. yoga. My body can't <laughs> handle it. Because it will change your height and sometimes your weight. Yeah, it would. Uh, but yeah, you can go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels and you can support us there. And every little bit is really fantastic. And we also like to give a shout out to all of our Patreon members at the end of every episode, um, which is becoming challenging. So That's we'd like to <laughs> joy. start with uh, That Nick Walker, 
Mike Myers, Johan Perez, Reinhard Selkova, Andreas Milberg, Dan Lauten, Phantom Jest, Steve Miller, The Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma, thank you, Christopher, Christopher Shenstrom, Bobby Arson from One Up Funk, uh, Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos from the Heroes 3 podcast, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, who's, um, who's released a couple new episodes. So go, go check that out, Forever Sound Version. It's a fantastic, fantastic show. Uh, Brian Pitt, Chris Marie, uh, and we have a new Patreon member, Buttsbo. Thanks, Ooh. Buttsbo. Yeah, Buttsbo. Uh, Hammock. Hammock! <laughs> From KVGM. I'm sorry, I got stuck because Bedroll said Purnell's body is not Reggie. I'm like, what is, what is going on in this I, chat? I don't even know. Beef, beef is happening. Um, Hammock, who is the, uh, the, the host and producer of KVGM, The Last Wave, a chill and jazzy BGM podcast. Really good stuff. Uh, Bruce Irons from The Mad Gear. Mm-hmm. Check them out. Their new Kickstarter, Turbo City Gaiden. Show them some love. It's, really good. it's good stuff. Plug, <laughs> it's in, plug in the heck out of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ed Wilson from The VG Embassy, another great podcast that I was on there uh, the last episode. They blind listen. Um, Alexander Proudfoot, Davy Cakes. Um, is that the dude? Dust dude? Yes, Dust yes, Dude. Dust Dude. Uh, the Duderino. The Duderino, or, or just the dude if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Um, the Last Recon, Bedroth, Kitsurito, Solus Sanctuary, Mix Six Master, Damian Beckles, Joe Fasalo, Okay, Impala, Christinerson, Alex, The Messenger, Messenger, whose um, show is running strong right now. Uh, it's uh, The Messenger Presents a VGM Journey, Journey. which is really cool. That's the like, you start doing a VGM yeah. escapade. <laughs> we got to do that. We got to go a VGM journey. <laughs> oh, you didn't do it with me. Uh, and then David Smith, a VGM Smith. journey. <laughs> Smith. <laughs> okay, it's, uh, I'm getting super silly now. Um, anyway, thank you. Thank you, all of you. Thank you all of you very, very much for your continued support <laughs> of the show. It means a whole lot to us. Um, and again, you get to be in the chat room during these episodes and just make fun of us. And, and Rob is going to jokes. cut you, Mike. He said, "Have uh, me like, another fight episode." Thank you, Pernell and Bob. I was like, "Rob is going to cut you. <laughs> he is going to cut you." Uh, he's starting beef with me now. Beef, <laughs> beef, beef, beef. Coming, Bobby, Bobby, beef. <laughs> Gonna get that. Gonna oh get my god, beef and steak. All right, so um, thank you. anyway. Thanks for joining us. Next week we have uh, Bruce Irons from the Mad Gear coming on the show and we're going to talk about some fun stuff we're going to talk about his latest kickstarter project we're going to talk about everything because he's a cool dude he's a cool dude and he's a bad dude bad dude i think we're going to have to come i think for that episode we're going to finally come up with my tough guy name it's going to happen yeah and when he's on the show he's going to help brainstorm it because i can't think of anything i come up with like ridiculous stuff like happy camper or pillow puncher (laughs) pillow fight for now Or, or you know catfish filet i don't know Things that aren't tough, possibly delicious. Nothing cool though. I need uh, help. I need. I need support. Uh, oh man, we'll, we'll we'll come up with. That. I think I think that's going to be the uh, the goal of next week. So yeah, to, to tune in for that, we uh, we're gonna have some more fun. So thanks for listening to the show. My name's Rob Nichols, and I'm Pernell. Have a safe week. We'll see you and there. and remember, discussions are great. Conversations are great. Subjective topic matter is also great to discuss because you just share ideas of why you like and dislike things. And if you're lucky, the passion will fire up and then you'll really get into a great conversation. However, one thing worth noting and keeping in mind is that passion should stay just that, passion. 
once it gets to the point where you start taking it personally, you're running into dangerous territory. Step back a little bit, take a breath, and just remember, it's all fun and games, and we're all having fun. So, leave it at that, and just enjoy the banter.